Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to the Wolverine Live that we do weekly at this time on Tuesdays. And uh, I'm John Borden. This is Tom Crawford. You know him well. He's uh, He works on television on Press Pass Fame with Jack Ebling and uh, a cast of others. And uh, also, he has his own podcasting network, the Crawford Podcasting Network, and a Michigan grad always attuned to everything maize and blue tom welcome back to the podcast well it's great to be here i just got back from uh, a dog walk and the wind's blown out of the north about 18 miles an hour it's about 60 degrees i mean i'm ready for football I know what you're <laughs> let's rock and roll baby a little nip in the air it feels like uh, late september yes yes i'm digging it no i'm not gonna wish away summer but uh Got a good feel to it, JB. A really, really good feel right now. Oh, and you should have because certainly Michigan is has put itself in position to have just a, an incredible year. We've talked about that, the offense, the defense, the coaching, uh, the matchups. We've talked about rivalries for the last three weeks, uh, you know, key, key matchups for Michigan. But tonight, we're going to take a little look forward because there was some big, big news in the Big Ten we already knew uh, some of this in terms of what's going to happen in 2024. You're talking about going to a 12-team playoff. You're talking about uh, a, a Big Ten that's adding UCLA and USC. But now we have uh, found out some more intel on the fact that uh, the Big Ten has decided to go with uh, no divisions, I mean, it's going to be wide open, top two teams playing for the Big Ten Championship at the end. And also, we know the protected matchups. We're going to be talking about those. But just, uh, Tom Crawford, your initial thoughts as you heard all these changes rolling out. Well, I mean, was there one other thing that, and and check me on this, or, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, is there not 10 now uh, conference games for the Big Ten? No, I mean, they're they're holding it at nine. Oh, they're holding it at nine. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. At nine. okay, so they still got three, um, three non-conference. Okay. Um, you know, I, I knew this was coming, the non-division thing. Uh, you know, all one division, all the, you know, the other conferences have been doing it, um, or Big 12, and I think it's, it's I think it's trending in that direction. I kind of like it. I don't like the idea that, you know, the Big 10 East is the battle and that, you know, survivor of that should be able to waltz through in that uh, Big 10 championship game in Indy. I mean, that's it's kind of lopsided. I don't like that. Um, I, liked, I like that setup. I like a lot of this stuff. Okay. Um, you know, and, and, um, maybe I, even though I'm a traditionalist in summer guards in college football is, uh, you know, six decades I've followed it. Uh, I do like some of this fresh stuff, if you will, including the fact USC and UCLA are in the big 10. I'm all about this thing. And I want Oregon and Washington to join it. I mean, this is the way college football is going. It's a, the, the, the footprint is, is America. And, um, with, with, I, I know money pushes it. I'm bullish on the NIL. I'm, I'm bullish on equity building by the University of Michigan and the NIL monies. Um, the transfer portal, I'm tolerating. I'm just adjusting. And um, I, I like, went we, back to the Big Ten schedule, um, the protected rivalries. I, I like the ones that were protected. Um, I, it was glaring to me, though, that Penn State is not protecting anybody. <laughs> They just want to no. go on the cart, right? Yeah. The hell of rivalries, right? So grand trophy or nothing. <laughs> talk talk about a uh, a get out of jail free card. And we're gonna talk yeah. more about this, but Penn yeah. State has gotta be feeling like, man, we just we caught a massive break here because no more Michigan every year, no more Ohio yeah. State every year. And yeah. that one two punches kept them out of the Big Ten championship game. Uh, there's no question about it. And so if you're Penn State, uh, and, and we'll talk about this, but yeah. you've got to you've got to feel like, man, we we, uh, we have to like that to get away from that sort of thing. But, you know, protected games uh, Mich for Michigan, obviously, Ohio State, you have to have that one. You also have Michigan, Michigan State. Honestly, I could have done without that one. I, if they'd have dropped that one, it wouldn't have hurt my feelings at all because as ugly as things have gotten in this series, you know, that, you know, with Ohio State, it's always a fierce rivalry. 
but the ugliness just hasn't been there. To there, there's more of a degree of respect between those two schools. <laughs> but quickly to uh, to go through the other ones, UCLA, USC, that makes all kinds of sense. The crazy one is Iowa having three protected opponents. Yeah, Minnesota and uh, Iowa or, or Nebraska rather, and Wisconsin. All three that are protected rivalries for the Hawkeyes. You got Indiana, Purdue, which of course makes perfect sense. Illinois, Iowa, and uh, Illinois, Purdue. Sure, location, location, location. Same with Maryland, Rutgers. But to me, uh, I that there's no question. Penn State is the one that really jumps out. Anything else jump out to you before we talk about? Uh, perceived winners and losers in this yeah. uh, in this situation. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna um, beg to differ with you, and I can guess Ballas feels the same way about Michigan State that you just voiced. Um, and I was right with with you two on this thing a few months ago. Mm-hmm. But um, I, you know, I'm liking this trend of Michigan State, as in going down and Michigan going up. And I like to kick their ass for the next three or four years. And why do we – come on now. You're missing an opportunity right now. Come on. The way this thing is going, they are tied into Mel Tucker. They are locked into Mel Tucker. And, yeah, they got a $78 million addition out there that I walked through the other day. But I'm sorry. I, Michigan State right now, I like playing them. And, you know, you know, let's start making up for a little 2013, 2014 2010, 2011, a little makeup time, a little payback time is is due. So I'm cool with that. But, you know, back to what you said about Iowa, John, with with the three rivalries, I wish Michigan had three rivalries. And and the other one's Minnesota. You know, because when I was first um, in my family, uh, multi-generation college football fans and Michigan grads and stuff, I, I, I learned a lot of history. Uh, especially from my mom, who was in school back when when Minnesota was like really, really good. I mean, they were, it was like Minnesota and Michigan. Oh, yeah. That was the Ohio State game, and all the uh, and all the the history about that rivalry. And and you know, you talk about Iowa having these these rivalries because they have all these traveling trophies. Well, my God, the little brown jug was the first. I mean, that's the most famous of the traveling jug. I wouldn't mind of having three for Michigan, Minnesota. Michigan State for the reasons I just cited, and then Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that's kind of the way my feelings on that. Yeah, and I I understand that, and I completely understand what you're talking about with Michigan State. And don't <laughs> disagree. I don't disagree with that at all. Um, yeah. My my thing was, it, had they dropped that, it it wouldn't have hurt my feelings all that much in the big picture. Just because um, I, I I think that that rivalry as culminating in a uh, in a in an assault let's face it in the Michigan tunnel on Michigan players uh, is uh, just just there's no place for that there well, is I don't no- think it's going to happen I, I I truly think that's not going to happen again I I you know so that's the way I look at that thing and I you know for the other reasons I cited and you know it's like you want to have it a cold war so we just you know hate each other and you know I mean might as well play him, you know, and, and, you know, got to play him at basketball and they might have the upper hand on Michigan and basketball. So let's make sure we utilize our upper hand in football. I hear you. And uh, I, like I said, I, it, this is not a stance where all oh, they really blew it because yeah. it, the, the reasons you cite, you, there are Michigan fans listening to this podcast that are saying, yeah, get them Tom, because that, that's exactly it. <laughs> They're going down. I mean, I just, uh, matter of fact, picked, you know, we, we do our staff predictions, and I won't give much away in the football preview, but uh, th- there's a team that we were just talking about. We were asked to uh, pick Big Ten team on the decline, and uh, you might understand who uh, who I slotted in that space. You'll find out soon enough, but, uh, <laughs> it, you know, I it, it's not hard to figure out. Yeah. Um, tell me about your perceived uh, biggest winner in this alignment. 
not only because of no divisions, but also because of the fact that uh, we know the protected rivalries now. Who comes away uh, feeling the best about themselves? Well, I mean, when I look at the big winner, I, I, I guess I, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to go with the easiest path. I mean, for a certain team, uh, you know, I, I went through the schedules and I figure who's got the, I mean, everybody's got their liabilities or vulnerabilities and, uh, and, and they're a little, Oh yeah, that's, that's a, that's a winnable game kind of deal. Um, but I think, uh, you know, when I looked at, I think it was India, Indiana's schedule, you know, they, they, you know, as far as I think it's 24, they got, yeah, they got Penn State at home, uh, but they don't have they don't play Michigan. Um, they don't play Ohio State. They got Michigan State, Nebraska, Northwestern, Wisconsin on the road. I mean, that if Indiana would get his, you know, get its crap together, and uh, you know, they I think that 24 schedule pretty plausible for Indiana to make a decent run. But the problem is, you know, they're they're kind of sputtering lately. And I don't I don't even know if they have I don't have have the infrastructure to get back to to a competitive level, JB. Yeah, I mean, it's, they're not a historical uh, contender for the Big Ten Championship. And so, you know, that I, I don't take them as seriously in that spoiler role or in that in that slip into the Big Ten Championship. <laughs> game. I'll, I'll believe that when I see it. For me, it's got to be Penn State. It absolutely has oh, to be. All the reasons we talked about, right. Yeah, yeah. All the reasons we talked about. Uh, because the Nittany Lions are, are, like I said, don't have to see Michigan and Ohio State in every single schedule that they put together. And you can almost count on one loss out of those two two games for the Nittany Lions. And uh, uh, more often than not, it's, uh, it's two losses. Now the question becomes, they're doing this in two-year scheduling cycles. They've got 24 and 25 scheduled, and then they'll – uh, take a look at it, they say, and then put together the next two-year bracket of schedules. And so they they they're making noise that they want to uh, uh, have competitiveness in mind when you do this. But the fact of the matter is, uh, it, it doesn't matter if you dip slightly if you're a Michigan or a Penn State or an Ohio State or USC or UCLA, you are going to have a tougher schedule on the perception that you are a historically strong program and you're going to, you know, you're, you're going to uh, be able to hold your own. And, but, but as far as Penn state not being locked into those uh, games that have haunted them in the past few years, uh, you're going to have to uh, have some significant USC, UCLA, uh, Wisconsin teams like that on the schedule or else the Penn State could be a team that, that slides in uh, to the uh, Big Ten Championship when otherwise maybe they wouldn't. Right, right. Um, you know, I, want, I got a question for you. I want to go back. Um, and I'm, I want to throw a fact check because on the document that I saw, I thought I saw that there, there, were, um, there were six teams that the Big Ten played. Uh, oh, wait, or 10 teams at the Big Ten play. Am I mistaken or am I looking at a wrong graphic or what? Uh, I Everything I've seen has said they're playing nine conference games still, that they stayed with that schedule. Well, yeah, like in, Indi like in Maryland, I had Maryland playing Indiana, Michigan, Nebraska, and Penn State. That's four uh, at home. And on the road, Rutgers, Minnesota, Northwestern, Ohio State, Rutgers, and UCLA, that's six. Six and four is 10. I don't know. Something we might maybe Megan can check on it while we're where we're doing this. Um, the reason I say that is because if it does get to that, that's going to really have an impact on other you know the the uh, group of five teams in college football want to make money off the big boys. If they only got two shot two slots per team, but um, anyway, maybe maybe Megan can check on that. If, if my bad, my bad. But I I was I thought I was told that, and I hope someday if it's not that way. I hope we do get to 10 uh, conference games. And I'm going to tell you why, because we don't have divisions now, right? So, I mean, you want to get as much cross-section of all the teams and, you know, and then and then you play the conference. I'm, I, you're going to get a true Big Ten championship the more conference teams you play. Yeah, I hear you. Um, but just confirmed 
as uh, as we're uh, continuing to talk about this, Big Ten teams in 2024 will continue to play nine league games. Okay, so maybe it's in 25 they're going to 10. Maybe that's it. Um, I don't know. Regardless, uh, regardless. Okay, I just I wanted to point that out just to make sure. Hey, we're 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 in you know we're in real time right now. We're we're conversing. We're asking each other's questions. So I I wanted to get that clarified for myself. Yep, no problem. Well, um, on the the flip side of that, we've talked about uh, maybe biggest winner in this thing. What's who who potentially could be the biggest loser in this kind of a setup in your mind? Well, you know, once again, I I I, I kind of got um, down to the nitty gritty on the schedule. I'm trying to you know. I'm trying to figure out who has the toughest schedule. And I, I, I pinpointed that in 24. And then you got Maryland. Here's another team that, you know, is trying. I, I look at these teams that are trying to bridge their way up to so they can be, uh, you know, a potential candidate uh, to get to Indianapolis. I mean, Indiana, you know, isn't in that category. Maryland's another one that kind of has teetered with that. And I look at their 25 schedule, John. I mean, they got Indiana. They got, or, you know, at home they got Indiana, uh, Michigan, Nebraska, Penn State. So they got Michigan and Penn State at home, and then on the road they got Rutgers, Minnesota, Northwestern, Ohio State, uh, Rutgers. Um, oh, there's a dub. There's a duplication. That's why I had two Rutgers. So that's where that whole mistake came on on the six team. So, but they got to go to UCLA on the road. I'm, I'm thinking when you go on the road. Uh, to the West Coast, that's going to have impact on some of these teams, a travel impact that, yeah, you know, everybody says, oh, it's going to affect USC, UCLA, but it's also going to affect um, the Big Ten teams that travel there, right? And so um, they got to, you know, you know, that's a long trip, and then they're already into their game week getting carved into that a little bit. So um, I'm looking at Maryland maybe a little challenged in 25. Okay. All right. And I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a little big picture uh, general thought about this whole thing, and that is because getting back to what I said, the uh, the teams that are historically strong, Ohio State, Michigan, uh, Penn State, and your USC's and UCLA's, they uh, the, the Big Ten wants them to have a, a tough schedule, tougher. Yeah. Than a, a Rutgers or uh, or a Purdue, and because of that, if one of these teams, if one of these programs experiences a several year dip, like Michigan did from 2008 through uh, 2014, all of a sudden the Big Ten's not going to say, "Oh well, they're you know they're they're no good anymore." We're, we're going to give them a, an easy schedule because the what's the perception? Well, Michigan is not going away. Ohio State's not going away. USC's not going away. They will continue to have tough schedules. And so in my mind, you, you're, you're in a situation where if you take a little dip for a while and Michigan has put itself in a position where it shouldn't be worrying about that. But if you do, and every program does from time to time, then all of a sudden you you may really be in a disadvantageous position vis-a-vis -vis the the some of the middling teams of the Big Ten who are playing an easy schedule. Meanwhile, you're struggling yourself, but uh, you are all of a sudden um, still playing the big boys every year. Yeah, and you know timing is everything in life, right? <laughs> it's like I'm looking at. Um... You know, I, I voiced my concern about the 22 and 23 schedules uh, in the non-conference. I'm not going to go into that anymore. But in contrast, you know, one of those watch what you wish for, right? Um, here comes Michigan with, you know, with uh, uh, with UCLA and USC coming on board. You got Ohio State. You got Michigan State. And uh, you got Fresno State as one of your group of five. Fresno State is one of those teams, man, you cannot take lightly. They, they 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 bring it. They got a mentality in that program, uh, chip on the shoulder relative to the to the Pac-12 teams. That that's a tough non-conference. And then you got the Texas Longhorns, albeit coming to Ann Arbor. Um, you got that, and then you got uh, potentially 
I hope that's not the case. J.J. McCarthy going out after his third year. And you got uh, an offensive line, let's be real. Um, you go down through that personnel, there's a lot of guys that are leaving after the 23 campaign. And you think, good Lord, why isn't that schedule of 24 and 23 when you want it to be in 23 as opposed to uh, 24? But so, you know, you can't, you know, timing's everything. There's a lot of luck. You just, just go be the best you can be and don't worry so much about the schedules, right? Well, that's true, but I'll tell you what, I've seen years where schedule determines championship. And I think this could be more than ever now that we've opened things up. I mean, you know, you could pretty much count on if you got through the Big Ten East or you could count on it because ever since they went East and West, the Big Ten East winner has won the Big Ten championship. That's a lock. So win your division and you're going to win the championship. But look, you're talking about 2024 schedule and you talk non-conference, but they get in the conference. They've got UCLA at home. They've got Wisconsin at home. They've got uh, Michigan State, an emotional game at home. They have to go to Ohio State. They have to go to USC. That is a crazy tough schedule. Yeah. And it's a darn good thing. Darn good thing. Well, I, that's good. And yeah. every, I think everybody in terms of, man, let's take on anybody and play the best of the best of the best. But if you wound up in 2024 as the 13th team in a 12-team uh, playoff roster, then people wouldn't like it quite so much. Well, you know, key, key point, you use the number 12 or 13, okay? This is not four, okay? So there's there's that's the beauty of what next year brings. Mm-hmm. Because you're going to get in those 12 teams. You won't tell me that strength of schedule issue is going to be popping up all over the place. And you're not going to get, you know, the, the you know, and it, this is where this narrative is just, you know, blitzed upon, especially from SEC, uh, you know, typical announcers will drill Michigan for their, for these schedules in 22 and 23. And we're going to hear it again this year, but you have to deal with that next year. And you, you know when you 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 got you got a great home slate. You have, I mean you got the Buckeyes on the road, but look what you just mentioned at home. Think mm-hmm. about how awesome that's going to be for the high-paying Michigan football fans that pay big money. They're not going to have to watch East Carolina, UNLV, and BG in the Big House on an 85-degree day. Okay, that is a that's a that's a sweet spot, and that's what college football is all about, in my estimation. Is it's being in a competitive situation where you find out, man, oh, man, oh, who's a better team? That's the way I feel about it. I agree. But uh, there's the other, uh, to play devil's advocate, I still contend that a loss will hurt you more than a lopsided win over a weak opponent. And would you rather see Michigan, you know, going toe-to-toe against a, a Wisconsin uh, or a UCLA in the big house in uh, late September and, and really being caught up in the, Hey, this is what it's all about. Or would you rather see them be in a position where they are in the big 10 championship game? They are in the playoffs where otherwise they might not be. And that's. And then they go on to the playoff and they get exposed because they haven't been exposed to enough non-conference tough competition early on to find out what their weaknesses are. I mean, this is a, this is a way you can look at this. You got you know, you want to play the fool's gold card, go ahead, but look what's happened. You know what I mean? So that's the way I feel about it, JP. I understand. But, but to, to push back on that last one, just a little bit, you've got, you're, you're not going to get by easily when you've got USC, you've got Ohio state on the road, you've got Wisconsin, you, I mean, there is going to Michigan is playing a an absolute murderer's row in 2024, and uh, you could remove a couple of those games, and you would still have an extremely tough schedule. And, and, one, and, it's, yeah, it, and it's you know, and and once again, my point a few minutes ago, and it's a it's a team that's going to be in a rebuild mode. This is where Michigan has to challenge itself of t- of getting to the Georgia Alabama level. Uh, is that you do, in fact, the old cliche, you don't rebuild, you reload, where you have such high caliber talent and they're doing this 24 classes outstanding, the 25 class, I know it's early on, that's going to be Bad solid man. as we're sitting. Yep. If you get top five to 10 every year, then, you, then you're then you in the Georgia-esque situation 
where, yeah, you're going to lose a lot of guys, but plug and play. And then you can tap, you can tackle those, those uh, dawning schedules. But regardless if they plug all those places with high caliber alleys, I'm not denying it, JB. That schedule, as much as I'm going to enjoy sitting down there in Ann Arbor watching that competition, that's a tough slate. I'm not denying that. There's no question about it. Now, here's a quirk of this whole situation that uh, um, you, you have to think about. And it's um, it, it gives me very mixed feelings. If you had a year where you played the game, Michigan-Ohio State, and you played it not once, not twice, but three times, you played a game where these two teams square off at the end of the year and uh, and then still were the best two teams, regardless of someone absorbing a loss. They play in the conference championship game. Uh, maybe the team that didn't win the, the last week wins. And uh, you've got these two teams in the playoffs. You could see them three, play three times. I know that's not a, a an extremely like, likely situation, but these two teams have got it on a roll. They're, they they are loaded, and they are right. two top five teams in the country going into this season. So it's it's not unthinkable that that could happen. Yeah, well, almost it could happen. Last year, easily, as far as twice right. in the span. You know, um, this is where, you know, this is where, the, you, this this goes with the territory of, of, of going 12-team uh, playoff. You know, then you're becoming the NFL. Like, when, you, you know, you're playing teams, you know, in the NFL, you're playing teams, you know, twice in the regular season. They're a division opponent. Then you got them in the, you could have them in the wild card playoff, whatever. I mean, this is the way it is. I mean, college basketball, I mean, remember in 2019, I mean, Michigan, Michigan State played, uh, you know, they played a few times or they played three times. Um, I mean, that's just, you know, kind of the way it is. Um, I know yeah. football is different. I understand that. But I don't have a problem with it because what if you lose that game, that Michigan-Ohio State game? You got another shot at them. And I'll tell you what, if Michigan-Ohio State are that good, which I think they are, um that that they can play that many times i mean i just it's just going to amp the rivalry up and i i don't personally have a problem with it i'm not all twisted up in this thing um where all this you know the the sacred michigan ohio state game got to end it there um no i'm good to go with let them play that's just the way i am in terms of that particular issue Uh, fair enough and i like i said i've got some mixed feelings about it let me let me just dial it back one year would you have felt uh, good about and thought it was justified if Ohio State would have had another shot at Michigan last year? I mean, I wouldn't have had a problem with it because I, I, I looked at – when I look at Michigan's opponent or perceived opponents, I look at um, – I, I guess I look at it too – um, X's and O's, uh, Jimmy's Joe's, you know, that, that team, um, that team, I think we can, you know, Michigan could beat them, you know, I mean, I like the matchups. I'd, I'd rather have Michigan play Ohio state than Georgia. Um, and, you know, I want Michigan when I look at how this plays out and I'm not going to do with payback or revenge. It's what, what team gives Michigan the best chance to defeat them and, and and then fought, and then move on in in the quote unquote tournament, and so I have I have I'll, I'll double down again. I would not have had a problem with it at all. All right. Well, I you know that's that's a great one to debate because yes, it is. I, I can guarantee you there were some Michigan fans who oh, absolutely. absolutely apoplectic that Freaking after out. after Michigan goes into Columbus. And uh, and takes that stadium over in the fourth quarter, just uh, convincingly beats the Buckeyes. Then all of a sudden, are you kidding me? They're they sneak into the playoff. They're going to have a chance to uh, to maybe win a national championship game against Michigan. And I get it. I would have felt good about the matchup too. But uh, there there's that certain. Hey, wait a minute. Michigan proved its point. Then again, if Michigan went three and zero against the Buckeyes in a in a single year, that would uh, that'd be something. Yeah, no, I, I you you make a really good point. And there, you know, I'm not saying that wasn't in the back of my mind mm-hmm. uh, as we were 
it was a moot point after after Michigan dropped it to TCU. It's like I just checked out emotionally of every, of life for a second <laughs> and didn't watch much of that Ohio State Georgia game. Quite frankly, I mean that whole element. Oh, who do they want to play? Blah blah blah. Right. Was a moot point. Right. Uh, so you you want you you deal with these things when when you encounter them. But I I, I think Michigan could have beat them twice. And I you know if I think they could. Who cares? Just get in position. Put yourself into position to win national championships, like a national championship, the first, you know, uh, undisputed national championship, no point five national championship, no mythical national championship. You know, that would be the first ever in Michigan football. I mean, that would be great. And I, I think it's going to happen in 2023. I'm, I'm, I've said that before and I'm saying it again. All right. More than likely for that to happen, Michigan will have to take down Ohio State in Ann Arbor. Yeah. Or if they didn't, they'd have to uh, have the same kind of uh, season leading up to there where the playoff folks said, all right, we're going to we're going to have two Big Ten teams in there and let them in. <clears throat> but my question to you is we're talking about this new world coming in 2024 how do you think Michigan has positioned itself to uh, to not just survive, but to really thrive in the uh, in the whole brave new world that is college football and the Big Ten? We certainly know that they have had their breakthrough this last two years. Beat Ohio State, win the Big Ten championship, go to the playoff, uh, and we talked about just touched on the recruiting. It, it it certainly looks like they have put themselves in about as good a position as possible to enter into all this and really enter into it flying. We heard uh, Jim Harbaugh on video this week saying our our opponents they they're not uh, sitting back and saying hey you know let's let's not improve because we we're, we're good enough and he has got this team focused on getting better and better and better. Um, I can't say enough about what the good things that are happening now that Michigan football program that I'm following on a daily basis. And it goes beyond, oh, their recruiting's going good. Oh, oh, they're crystal balled for blah, 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 blah. The 24, 25 kids coming in. They got a, a transfer portal kid from UMass. Oh my God, that issue at the other corner is done. Blah, blah. I mean, all these, all these things are all wonderful things. But one of the things that I'm really appreciating more is you know, college football is now a business. I mean, duh. I mean, it's like money, you know, follow the money. It's TV monies. Um, it's, you know, this is why USC and UCLA are coming on board. It's the NIL. And what is Michigan doing lately? Right. Mm -hmm. You're seeing like last night. Um, and this has to do with this empower all the, all these efforts uh, of donor power. Um, right to fulfill that, those needs in the NIL to compete with the other big boys who are saying getting $400,000, $500,000 NIL athletes, you know, at that price tag, it's really becoming the NFL. And where's Michigan? We all heard about 70,000, but now it's moving up a little bit. And, and Jim Harbaugh goes to Chicago yesterday or last night, right? For a, for a, an, an event. And what is he doing? He's treating it like this is the way he should. Like a for-profit company, you're building equity in your company with your stockholders and things. He's going out and talking, you know, and the word the the word that he's delivering is a wonderful word, right? Of, of prosperity, and they're all excited about it. And the University of Michigan has a lot of equity providers. I've talked about this before. They got some illustrious alumni. Just in my little my little fraternity group, I got some guys that make some big dollars, man. Blows me out of the water, but they still like me. You know, I mean, there's a lot of illustrious Michigan alumni. And I think I like the approach that they're taking where they're realizing these are the new rules. And if we're going to get these high caliber athletes so we can compete every year, we're going to have to get those NIL monies up there. And um, and and however they're going to do that, where they can um, assure that, you know, they're going to have alumni that are going to, you know, the sponsorships when they're playing, and then obviously when they're done playing, you know, get jobs like we always talked about in the past. Michigan's got to leverage your resources, leverage your strengths. 
illustrious alumni, just like stockholders in a company. That's what Jim Harbaugh is doing. I love what Harbaugh is doing. I love the fact they went up to Traverse City uh, and took five of their stud athletes and they're schmoozing with people up there. This mm-hmm. is what you got to do. You got to it's it, it it you got to go out and embrace your public, if you will, during these wonderful times and get more money for the NIL. It's just the way it is. Hey, and Jim Harbaugh has put himself in a better position to do all that by knocking off the Buckeyes the last two years. And exactly. There's no question about it. Uh, super producer Megan has uh, has put the Harbaugh quote up there, the famous quote that we've seen in the uh, last couple of days about uh, we don't want uh, our athletes eating the ramen noodles. And uh, our <laughs> colleague Anthony Brooms came back and said, now, wait a minute, don't knock the ramen noodles. Hey, I hear you. I'm, I'm a but, pasta guy too, yeah. But his point is, let's we need to compete away from the field as well yeah. as on the field. And yeah. so he's pitching it like uh, we know that Michigan fans – that uh, are in position to help want to see Michigan do well. Well, this is what it's going to take. And they're talking about more than just giving to collectives and more than just coming across with money donations. You're talking about internships and uh, opportunities with these businesses that uh, can set somebody up for life, whether they are playing football on on a pro football field or not. And I think, that there's something to that. That yes. that is in line with what uh, you're talking about. Uh, Michigan wants to be all about anyway, but it's also uh, it's also something that uh, you can actually talk to these kids and say, "Hey, yeah, you're going to get some money, but you, you also will have uh, opportunities and connections that you're making that are going to go beyond us handing you a wad of bills." Yeah, because, you know, let's be real. I mean, even though Michigan has, has, you know, developed even, even, you know, kind of three-star guys and sent three-star guys in the NFL over the years, and, and, and they're, you know, the number of guys that got drafted last year, and then they're projecting there could be 15 or 16 guys drafted in the NFL this year. I mean, it's still, in the bottom line, the percentage relative to the guys that just got to go back and, you know, take their degree from the great University of Michigan and go get a regular job. I mean, when you have those, you know, those alumni out there and you've done internships, um, uh, I mean, it, that that's 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 so awesome. And and the other thing, what I like about Michigan is, is they're is they're promoting all their resources. You know, and once again, all those strengths. I mean, the University of Michigan health system is one of the best in the entire country. And I see John Wangler right there our friend, and he was talking, you know, as a former player, he's telling about what great things they can do for them down the road. But the U Hospital is right there. Uh, all these, um, uh, you know, cleanup injuries and surgeries that they have that, that a lot of players have had in the offseason. Um, I mean, Michigan is, 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 is really embracing all that good stuff, I think. And, and, and you got to flaunt it. You got to tell the story. You got to tell the Michigan story. Uh, and what it will do for you to come to the University of Michigan in contrast to going to South Carolina, which has no tradition, but they got a b- b- bunch of people want to give you a lot of money. Right. Um, and so you got to you got to leverage your strength. Like yeah, you need it all. You need you need uh, the winning side of it, which Michigan has checked that box, certainly over the last couple of years. You need the uh, the funds. Look. If, if a kid has a chance to uh, uh, a top player take in a couple million dollars or a million dollars as opposed to 70,000, and we've talked about that on this show, you know, it's, it's for, a, for a college young man or uh, in some cases uh, a, a, a young lady, you are, that, that's not a hard decision, even with all those other things you talked about. Mm-hmm. But you also have to uh, have to have what Michigan has in abundance, and it's that that overall program yeah. with the academics, with the connections, uh, yep. with the internships, with everything that goes along with it. And I think Jim Harbaugh believes in that, and uh, he's in a he's in a great position to sell it. 
You mentioned Chicago. He's going on several stops around the country. That's what you do. Yeah. And that's it's exactly what this program needs right now to capitalize on not only the NIL opportunity, but the fact that people are again looking at this as, wow, Michigan is once again one of the powerhouses in this country in football. Yeah, and it's you know no days off. I mean, and it's little stuff. You know, the track. You know, taking the team on the trip. You know, going where'd they go to New York, um, and Washington D.C. I mean, that's a that's part of the story to tell the parents. You know, um, a lot of these kids haven't been exposed to that stuff. Going to the uh, NFL um, Hall of Fame in Canton. I mean, stuff that that you're doing and not necessarily other people are doing. And um, I can't commend him and, you know, and winning helps like, yeah, when, 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 when you're winning, you got alumni all over you. You got people, I got Michigan friends that all they're talking about is Michigan football. You know, it's like they're counting the days till, you know, till we get to August, you know, when the camp opens August 1st, and then we're going to be hearing narrative about how this, who, who's doing, you know, what's, how's the two deeps look. And then you get into, and you get into uh, the season starting on Labor Day weekend, uh, exciting stuff. So keep doing what you're doing, Michigan football. It's it, you got to cook it. The more times you beat the Buckeyes, the more friends you have. <laughs> Isn't that amazing how that works? And it is amazing. And speaking of beating the Buckeyes, uh, we can't. We, we would be remiss if we let this uh, segment go without uh, at least one projection on what's coming up in the 2023 season. And my question for you, Tom Crawford, is simply this. Will Michigan and Ohio State meet up in Ann Arbor next November as two teams come into that game undefeated? And if not, why not? Well, you know, I'm, I'm always hesitant. You know, we're sitting here on June 13th. I mean, where I show my cards, if you will, show my hand, if you will, that uh, of, of how I see the season going, right? You know, and I, I kind of did that when I said, you know, there's likelihood that there, you know, that there could be a three-way tie with one loss, blah blah blah, when you get into week twelve, okay? Yep. So that Penn State game, it, you know, sitting there, I mean, that's the one, the Penn State Michigan game. Michigan is a team that's vulnerable to, to uh, as far as having one loss versus Ohio State. I think. I think Ohio State with Penn State at home um, is going to have uh, the undefeated season when they come to Ann Arbor. So that's that. That more. So it could be. So as I'm sitting right now, and I'm not going to declare. I'm not going to officially declare my uh, the 12 game regular season slate till we get past Big Ten media days and and two days and all that stuff. Okay, but um, as I sit right now, I think. 12 and 0 versus 11 and 1. And, and, you know, it doesn't matter. Michigan wins, you know, or, or absolutely, actually 11 and 0 versus 10 and 1. And then Michigan wins the game and they go, they're 11 and 1. And, and Ohio State is 11 and 1. And Michigan um, goes on to uh, the Big Ten championship game in Indy. Okay. The last mm-hmm. time of this format. But that's the way I see it. But um, who knows? They both could be undefeated uh, easily. And uh, I might, you know, tweak that projection uh, as we get closer to the start of the season. All right. Well, I'm going to go out on a limb and, and tick off all my Penn State uh, friends, and I have several, by <laughs> saying that I think that these two teams will go into that game undefeated. Wow. Means Penn State loses at Columbus, and Michigan goes into State College and wins and uh, and runs the rest of the schedule. Leading up to that Ohio State game, I'm just uh, I think they're in a great position to uh, to really make this happen. We know that they can lose a game. We know it. We've seen it in in some of the best Michigan seasons ever where you have that game, maybe that in the middle of October and you're on the road and things just don't go your way or you have an injury or whatever it is and and you lose a game. But I I'm just going to I'm going to. Throw it out there right now. I think these teams go into that game undefeated. And man, would uh, Michigan Stadium be rocking? If oh my God, it would, be, it would be incredible. You know, I'm, and and so I want to follow up on that, JB. So, would the loser of that game have a have a have a, a sure bet CFP bid? 
in your opinion? Sure bet. I would say no, because you just don't know what everybody else around the country is going to do. There's uh, only four teams. Yeah. But it, I would say, I mean, certainly if this was a, another year down the road and it was a 12-team playoff, well, there's no question. Yeah. But with four, you, you have to look at what other people do. I would say, though, if they go into uh, that game both undefeated, I would fully expect both of those teams to uh, to make the playoff unless it was an absolute whitewash along, you know, 41 to 10 or some such thing. So, yeah, I would think so. I would absolutely think so. Well, we're down uh, late in the fourth quarter. Uh, <laughs> we are got to wrap this thing up, but I want to know what Tom Crawford's uh, thinking about these days. What's uh, Tom's take on uh, on this podcast ender? Well, I want to, uh, <laughs> you know, in these uh, in the Wolverine lives, we you timing's everything right in the in the podcasting industry. What do we want to call it? Uh, broadcasting industry. So right after, you know, right after I said, ah, no, nah, you know, Michigan's not going to get Olivier Kamwa from uh, Tennessee. Look, they they offered that. They offered, you know, it's going to be terrible. And then the next day, the thing flipped back, and Olivier's coming to Michigan. So uh, kudos. I want to give kudos to Juwan Howard. The guy has been scrambling to south, you know, to get to this 13th scholarship thing. He's he's. I think he's 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 two away from this. They got um, a. A couple guys still out there, the Kentucky kid, and and you know I heard about uh, Mulcahy out of uh, uh, Rutgers might even be a, a possibility, but uh, he got Kamwa out of Tennessee, so kudos to him, and and uh, Seton Hall's uh, Trey Jackson is definitely uh, he's on board, he's on campus, so just get basketball, just get it so that they're that, that they're in the hunt for an NCAA bid. I don't want to go, I don't want Michigan to go uh, over, you know, back-to-back years of no NCAA tournament. And, and but get filling these last couple slots are so critical. And so that, I, that you know, I, I'm just, I want to commend uh, Juwan Howard for that. And then also when you were talking, let's go back to that situation with NIL monies, you know, for football, and the empower and all that stuff that Harbaugh is talking about. You know, I'm a Michigan football and Michigan basketball guy, literally equally. You know, and I want Michigan basketball to be to be relevant and up there. With and and I, I I'm not hearing about. I want to hear about. You know what they're doing to 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 sell that brand to build a nil equity. And I don't know how that plays out. I don't know what decision makers are on that. But I want NIO money coming to basketball so that there's no, you know, it's not like we, oh, we're just going to, you know, gut out basketball season, wait for spring football. I just don't want that. No, you don't. And there's no reason for it. I mean, it's not like Michigan is, uh, has no history in basketball. Michigan in every decade has had very, very good teams and, uh, NCAA tournament teams, some that have made long runs. Uh, you had the national championship in 89. And, and it's just one of those things where Michigan has the wherewithal to be an NCAA tournament team almost every year. And yeah. uh, you slipped away. It slipped away last year. I think there were some, just some, uh, some things about that team, that group of guys that just didn't quite connect didn't quite mesh didn't you know they and they had injuries at times but i i'm i'm looking for uh a much better overall mix this year and they're gonna have to have it but it's you know it's gotta these days it's gotta come together because you're pulling parts from uh different parts of the country to uh plug in and all of a sudden become this unified uh group come at least late December, early January. Yeah. You know, I, I, I get that. You know, you know, we got uh, so consumed on Wolverine live tonight, you know, and it's my fault. I went on up on, on these tangents and everything. I, I mean, JB, we got to talk about the great people at Lewis jewelers. Don't we for a second here before we end? <laughs> you are absolutely right. <laughs> I'm your wingman. You. I, I, you know, you're about ready to turn it over and I, and I save you. So there you go. 
There is no question about that. We Thanks, would not, <laughs> we would not be where we are if it weren't for our fine friends at Lewis Jewelers, and uh, we <laughs> we do want to take that moment to uh, give a shout out to the sponsor of our Tuesday night recruiting show and a longtime partner of the Wolverine in Lewis Jewelers. And uh, we end with this simple question, guys. Is your daughter's engagement ring bigger than your wife's? If the answer is yes, great news. Lewis Jewelers can help. It's stress-free and easy working with one of their non-commissioned expert, trusted advisors, finding that perfect diamond. So stop by today, guys, and fix this family issue. Lewis Jewelers, your diamond store, and so much more since 1921. Visit them at their new location, 300 South Maple Road, Ann Arbor, or online at lewisjewelers.com. That's L-E-W-I-S-J-E-W-E-L-E-R-S.com. That's Lewis Jewelers, where Ann Arbor gets engaged. And we are now going to disengage from this Wolverine Live, but we've touched all the bases, including the folks that... uh, help us to uh, bring it to you. I mean, it's it's like, uh, you know, Jim Harbaugh has to take care of uh, those who uh, might contribute and boost his program. We certainly thank Lewis uh, for well, doing well, it. On that, topic, on that topic of jewelry, you know, and rings and stuff like this, I think there's going to be a national championship ring of 110, 120 kids that are in that program are going to be fitted, if you know what I mean. After wow. after Houston, Texas happens, you know, in early January. Watch um, that's, I, that's what I'm saying right now. That's what that's my declaration as I'm sitting right now. I'm feeling it. And uh, so the 24 season, all that stuff I talked about, you know, hey, you know, not worried about it. Win a national title in 23 and 24 is just, uh, you know, hey, it's it's icing on the cake, right? Whatever <laughs> happens. Happen. You'll take your chances in 24 if you yeah. get Done in 23, no doubt. Tom Crawford, uh, always great to uh, kick it around with uh, Michigan football, Michigan basketball. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week.